<laughs> One of the problems we have is we have sort of slow internet service, and so the upload speed may not be good enough to live stream. And uh, but anyway, we'll we'll check that out. <clears throat> so today uh, I'm going first, and Accord will give the main message after me. And uh, since my messages are shorter anyway, I thought, well, a sermonette, a sermonette or a split sermon or a short sermon fits me just fine. So uh, anyway, what I want to talk about today is Jesus Christ's unlikable moments. Unlikable moments. You know, a lot of times we think, or what is portrayed is that, you know, you know Jesus just, and I know he loved everybody, and I know he, he but sometimes there's this facade of a pretense, a a Christ that maybe that we ought to re reconsider because he had many unlikable moments. In fact, his unlikable moments led to his death. So, uh, have you ever had an unlikable moment? You know, where maybe you spoke your mind or said something and you're, you're, you feel this flush of embarrassment come over you and you think, oh no, I don't think they like that. I don't think they like what I said. I don't think they like what I'm doing. I don't like, you know, on and on. You know, unlikable moments uh, where people didn't like you. You stood up and said something and people didn't go along with you. We've all had those. And I am convinced that we try desperately to avoid them. Uh, that most of our lives can be spent avoiding unlikable moments. And uh, I'm saying that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> we want people to like us. I understand that. I don't want to be hated. I do not want to be hated. I want people to like me. I work at people, you know, trying to get them to like me. But here's, here's the problem. We avoid unlikable moments at the expense of not being true to ourselves, at the expense of not being authentic. And so if you're just constantly working at, i got to avoid all of these unlikable moments, you will be a facade, you will be a fake. You will not even be real, not the real you. You will not be authentic. If all you focus on in 90 to 100% of your life, just trying to avoid unlikable moments, you're not going to be real. You're not going to be authentic. Now, let me tell you how to convince the majority of people that you are a Christian. You really don't have to say anything. You don't have to do, something, do anything. Here, here it is. Okay, you want to convince the majority of people you're a Christian, be nice. That's it. Be nice. Man, she is so nice. He is such a nice guy. That must be a Christian because you're nice. You know? Don't voice your opinion because if you voice your opinion, those who disagree with you may not like you. You got that? The ones that disagree with you are not going to like you. So there we go again uh, into our unlikable, vo avoiding those unlikable moments. You know, I always got to kick out what they said about, you know, President Trump. And yes, he's still president for a couple more months. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, they, they, he's harsh. He's crude. He's arrogant. He's rude. He's not nice. How many times did I hear that? He's not nice. He's just not nice. And. And, of course, if you watch some of his response to the media, he wasn't nice. And, uh, but he was a man, he, he's a man that believes in himself. He believes in his mission. He believes in himself. Now, people who believe in themselves are often the enemy of those who don't believe in themselves. 
And if you have confidence and you know where you're going, those who don't have any self-confidence and don't know where they're going are going to hate you. Okay? They're just going to hate you. And there's a scripture that sort of relates to this in a way. Uh, uh, Proverbs 26, 29 and verse 27. Proverbs 29 and verse 27. I just want to sort of make a side point here. Proverbs 29 and verse 27. It says, an unjust man is an abomination to the just. And he that is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. If you are upright, if you do the right thing, wicked people are going to hate you. It's just the way it is. You're going to have a lot of unlikable moments. Now, here, here, get used to your unlikable moments. Just accept them as a way of life. E.E. E. Cummings said this. He said, to be nobody but yourself in a world which is doing its best night and day to make, to make you like everyone else means to fight the greatest battle there is to fight and never stop fighting. And, you know, the world wants to make you like everybody else. Be nice. Be liked by everybody. Be passive. Get along with everybody. Just be nice. Don't voice your opinion. Don't say anything. Don't rock the boat. And you'll fit in just fine with the rest of the world. You'll be a part of the world. Have you lost your ability to be authentic by trying to be nice to everyone? A man pleaser. A woman pleaser. You never voice your opinion because you want to be nice. You want to get along. You want to be accepted. And part of that I understand. Again, I don't want to be hated. I don't want to make enemies with every person I meet. So let's take a look at some of Jesus' unlikable moments. John 2 and verse 23. John 2 and verse 23. Now, when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover in the feast days, many believed in his name when they saw the miracles, which he did. But Jesus did not commit himself unto them because he knew all men. And need it not that any should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. Now this is sort of like, I don't know, it, it's sort of like an unlikable moment. Jesus looks at you, he looks at me, and he knows what's in us. He knows what's in, in man. And let's say he looks at us and he says, I know what's in you. I know what you're made of. And then walks away in disappointment. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Is it possible to, dis to disappoint your Savior? Is it possible? To, now, with most religion, it, it seems like it's not possible. At least a lot of preachers will, you know, when I hear him preach, it's like you couldn't disappoint Jesus if you tried to. If you set out as a goal to disappoint him, you couldn't disappoint him. I mean, if you sin, if you, whatever you do, you could not disappoint Jesus if you tried. At least that's the message I hear a lot, a lot of. But yeah, I'm saying it's possible to disappoint Jesus. Get used to that also. And that way by, you, you'll, you'll avoid that if you realize, hey, it's possible for me to disappoint my Savior. <clears throat> Many believed in his name when they saw the miracles which he did. And that's all it takes for some people to fall hook, line, and sinker. All they got to do is just see a little miracle and they, yeah, I believe. But Here's what Jesus did, when he, because he was not impressed with man, mankind. You have to become independent 
of the good opinions of others in order that no one is running your life. If you allow, you know, the likable moments, oh, I just love him so much. I just, you know, I've had people t call me and tell me, I love everything you do on your program. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I don't love everything I do on my program. Why do you love everything I do? You know, I disagree with everything you say. And sometimes I don't agree with myself after thinking about it. You know, uh, uh, there's occasions when I, I realize I made a mistake or what said spoke out of order or whatever, you know. But, you know, you have to, and let me repeat that, you, you have to become independent of the good opinions of others so that no one is controlling you. The last thing you want is for someone to control you. And people are easy to control. Just be nice to them. Just tell them what they want to hear. Huh? You see, the world says be nice, be tolerant. I accept your perversion, you accept my perversions. <laughs> no conviction, no opinion, no morality. Just coexist. Let's just all get along. Now, I think what the world is coming to is this. The only way we can get along with one another is if we abolish morality then we'll all get along with one another if we just abolish morality. And churches are doing a good, a good job at this, by the way, with a theology that says the law has been abolished, it's been nailed to the cross, it's been fulfilled, it's been done away with, we don't have to keep, it's grace plus nothing. You know, the liberals are applauding the churches. They've been applauding the churches for a long time because that nonsense that is taught. Uh, Jesus Christ's unlikable moments. Let's take a look at another one. Matthew 21 and verse 31. Breaking into the middle of a scripture here, Matthew 21 and verse 31. It says, whether them twain did the will of his father, they said unto him, well, the first, Jesus said unto them, verily, now he's speaking to the Pharisees. Well, I'll get to this a little bit, but notice what he said. Verily I say unto you, the publicans and the harlots go into the kingdom of God before you people go. Now, he's talking to the bearded gurus, the Pharisees, you know, they're stroking their long beards. They were, you know, they were, um, the audience was, they believed that they were saved because of their national heritage. They were, they were born saved, I guess, is what they believed. And they're, you know, they're, they're just sitting there and they're listening to this. And here comes Jesus and says, look, the publicans and the whores go into the kingdom of God before you people. I think it was Ron Dart said he could not offend at them more if he took a big old wet fish and just slapped them upside the head with it. I mean, this is highly offensive here. They go into the kingdom before you people go into it. Another story, Matthew 15 and verse 22. Matthew 15 and verse 22. I like this story. We're going to look at some really, uh, a one, two, three punch of an unlikable moment here. And this is to a woman, by the way. I mean, this is like a knockout. One, two, three, bam, bam, bam. And then we're going to see how she responded. Oh, man, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. We need to take note of this. Uh, and behold, a woman of Cana came out of uh, the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, you son of God, you son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with a devil. But he answered her not a word. Just kept right on walking. Woman's running her mouth and she just, he just keeps on walking. First unlikable moment. He pretended he didn't hear. You ever do that? 
You ever pretend that you don't? Have you ever heard someone say something and what they say is so stupid that you pretend not to hear it? It's like, I'm not even going to bother answering that. That's just, now, I'm not saying this is what happened here. This is not what happened here. This is a sensible request. But I'm just saying for us, I pretend it not to hear, people, hear what people say a lot, especially if I don't like what they're saying. <laughs> I don't hear that. I just geek bar. I don't walk. But this was an unlikable moment. I mean, this is the first punch. Okay. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she cries after, her, after us. In verse 24, But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Second unlikable moment. You're not part of the in-group. You're not part of the in-group, woman. You ever, now, in school, we did this all the time as teenagers. You know, we... You know, you had your, in, your little cliques and your groups and you, and you don't belong with us. You know, you're, you're a reject or something like that. We did that as foolish children and teenagers. But here's an unlikable moment. You're not part of the in-group. Kept right on walking. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meat to take the children's bread and cast it to the dog. Third unlikable moment. This was a knockout punch right here. This should have destroyed her right here. Should have. But it didn't. Unlikable moment, third one. The deliberate, and it is deliberate, choice of words could have easily been misconstrued. Jesus' deliberate choice of words. Deliberate. And she said, truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is your faith be it unto thee, even as you will. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. This is an incredible story. And there's a lesson here we need to learn. It's almost as if Jesus is deliberately testing this woman. Now, should this surprise us that Christ, God, tests us as people? No, that shouldn't. It happens all the time. How can I get this woman to be offended? Had she responded with offense, had she spun on her heel and said, you're calling me a dog and walked away and never returned, she would have walked away thinking, this son of God is the most unlikable person I've ever met in my life. Now here's the point. God will challenge us with many unlikable moments about himself about his nature, about the way he does things, about, well, Lord, uh, I, I didn't like the way this prayer has been answered or not answered. I don't like it. You will be challenged deliberately with many unlikable moments about your Savior and the way he operates. You're being tested with God's unlikable moments. All right. Matthew 23 and verse 27 I'm going to read this from the Message Bible, I think. It, it really, it's a great translation if you sometimes, well, I use a lot of different translations, but here he's talking to the Pharisees. Different translation reads totally different than the King James, but it says, You're hopeless, you religious scholars and Pharisees. Frauds. You're like manicured grave plots, grass clipped and flowers bright. But six feet down, it's all rotting bones and worm-eaten flesh. What a visual. I mean, that's, I mean, just wrap your mind around that one. This is what you're like, people, religious people. This is what, I mean, this was the religious ilk of his day. People look at you and think you're saints. 
but beneath the skin, you're total frauds. Unlikable moments. Unlikable moments. John 2 and verse 13. And the Jews' Passover was at hand, and Jesus went up to the Jerusalem, and he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the changers of money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables. You know, this one's incredible. I mean, this is like Rambo at church or something. I mean, he's, th he's throwing people out of the temple. They knew better. They should have known better. You're not going to be buying and selling on the Sabbath day in the temple or anything like that. And so he makes a whip and he whips the cows, or not the cow, but the sheep, the whatever, and they kick, kick up their heels. The money, the tables are turning over. Coins are going everywhere. Man, you, you wouldn't have looked at Jesus and said, man, he is so nice. <laughs> I just love the Lord, you know. People call the Lord lard like a piece of fat back or something like that. Uh, they wouldn't have said that. They would not have said that. Okay, John 2 and verse 16. I'm going to wrap it up here. And he said to them, uh, okay, uh, now I'm getting ahead of myself. But he said to them that sold doves, take these things and make not my father's house a house of merchandise. How unlikable was he at this moment? Another one. Mark 16, verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven, and they said at meat. And up, he upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. Now, this is his disciples. He upbraided them. The word basically means just he gave them a good chewing out. Upbraided them. Just chewed them out for their lack of faith after they had seen him Raised from the dead. And, you know, we like to think, well, I just, I would have loved to live back then. I'd just love to have been Jesus' disciples, and I'd just, uh, you know, me and Jesus, we'd have been like this. And, and don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. If, if you get your feelings hurt easily, you wouldn't have liked this for five seconds. Not five seconds. <clears throat> okay, to conclude, Matthew 10 and verse 22. Let's take a look at that. Take some time to turn to that. Matthew 10 and verse 22. Because we're talking about avoiding our unlikable moments. Matthew 10 and verse 22. Avoiding our unlikable moments. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. I think I'm convinced, and I'm, you know, most of my sermons I'm just preaching to myself, and I hope it applies to you also. But uh, uh, <laughs> I'm guessing that it may apply to you. I think most of us live our lives nice guy, appeasement mode, not being authentic, not being true to ourselves, trying to avoid all the unlikable moments. You know, churchianity has made Jesus void of any unlikable moments. And what has been revealed is, today, is that Jesus had many unlikable moments. And as I said at the beginning, his unlikable moments is what got him killed. But what about you? I think a real Christian will have as many unlikable moments as he has likable moments. Now we all love the likable moments. When someone pats us on the back and praises us, we all like that. 
But I think a true Christian will have 50-50. He'll have those unlikable moments also. I mean, what did Jesus say? He said, woe unto you when men will you know, speak well of you and praise you constantly. If that's all you're getting is just likable moments, you're missing the boat when it comes to being a real Christian. How much of your time is spent trying to avoid your unlikable moments? That's a question I'll leave you with. How much of your time do you spend in a day trying to avoid your unlikable moments? And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake.